the United States of America is called a Christian nation. Christian nation. Christian nation. It's time for a moment of clarity with your host, Pastor Richard Dietering. Let us pray that this nation does come to a moment of clarity. Faith, faith, faith. Politics, 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 history, history, and current events. Current events. And now, your host, Pastor Rick. Pastor Rick will be joining you momentarily. I'm Derek Stone with another moment on sports. The Detroit Tigers captured their 66th victory of the season when they defeated the Chicago White Sox 3-2 this past Sunday. Spencer Torkelson doubled to plate Zach McKinstry and Matt Beerling plus Andre Lipsius singled to send home Torkelson in the third inning to complete the Tigers' scoring. Sawyer Gibson-Long allowed both runs through 50 of his 73 pitches, four strikes, and recorded five strikeouts in five innings to earn a triumph in his Major League debut. Will Vest, Tyler Holton, and Miguel Diaz each tossed a scoreless inning, and Alex Lang struck out Louis Robert and Eloy Jimenez, in addition to inducing a groundout off the bat of Yasmani Grandal to register his 23rd save of the season. In curling news, the Canadian team, captained by Rachel Holman, defeated another Canadian squad, captained by Jennifer Jones, in the Seville shootout final this past Monday. Now here's your Moment of Clarity host, Pastor Rick Dietering. And good afternoon. Ladies out there listening, write this phone number down, 734-822-1600. Did I get that right, Derek? I need a thumbs up from Derek. So, yeah, it's 734-822-1600. Now, gentlemen, you can call in too, but I really want to hear from the ladies on this. I want to hear from the ladies. What are they looking for in a, air quote, real man? Uh, how? What? What's your expectations? Uh, what are the qualities? What are the qualities you would not want in the man or the lack of qualities you wouldn't want in that man? I'm not asking for personal reasons. I've got a fantastic wife and, and uh, so she's got everything she wants out of a man. But I want to know what you women are expecting out of a man. What are you looking for? 734-822-1600. The reason I ask this is this has happened, I've seen this a couple times this week, or in the last couple weeks. A, a young, strapping, 21-year-old boy, the guy lifts weights, he's muscular, and uh, he will run from spiders and snakes. Run from spiders and snakes. Even the dead ones. He can't deal with it. I talked to a gentleman, uh, I say gentleman, uh, Gentlewoman, I don't know. Uh, I, I talked to a guy this week, and uh, he, he's crying. He literally is crying. All right, you got this? He is crying. Now, there's nothing wrong with him crying. It's why he was crying. He saw a spider in his room, and he was terrified. What if it crawls at me at night when I'm sleeping? It's terrible. He was crying like he had just got done seeing Old Yeller or something. All right? Over a spider 
in his room. And it wasn't even a it wasn't even a dangerous spider. We have very few of those in Michigan. It was a garden variety spider that he saw. Not one of those great big black and yellow ones, just a small little house spider, actually. And he was bawling his eyes out. And I tried I tried to um <laughs> console him and let him know it's okay. And that didn't work. So I figured, well, if I can't make things better, well, those who know me know I'll go to the next thing, make things worse. So I told him, I said, don't worry about that one little spider. It's uh, It'll eat all the other insects in the house. He, what do you mean other insects in the house? I said, oh, your, your walls are full of them. You've got thousands of other spiders. You've got earwigs. You've got, you've got all sorts of insects that are in your walls. You could have stinging insects, anything like that. But the spiders are good see they'll get rid of those these is other insects he went into a panic mode i think the guy is seeking psychiatric help even to this day because of that conversation if you can't make it better at least have fun in making it worse is my theory and joining me talking about making things worse joining me on today's show is my partner ed how is that for a segue by the hey, way I'm I want, to if, yeah if i want disrespect i'll go back to work thanks <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and so I was telling Derek See, about don't, don't worry about the don't worry about the spider. It's the snake that's going to get you. It's it's the snake. Yeah, <laughs> you know. I was telling Derek. He says maybe you should just get him a copy of Arachnophobia and have him watch that. You know. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you know, I, and I said, you know, if you want, my wife can come over and kill it for you. <laughs> She's not afraid of spiders. Well, can't you kill it? And I said, well, I'm not in pest control anymore, and, and I'm having more fun watching you. Yeah. <laughs> and the fact is, the fact is, is you are willing to let a woman come over and kill a little tiny helpless spider. What is with our men today? And now here's the catcher. This guy's a football player. I can't say his name because he's a known football player. So. He is, uh, out of our young men today, he is the macho, manliest man of the, that you can get. A football player. I mean, a real kind that wears the shoulder pads, not the one that goes around running around the field and acting like a European. Not that kind of football player, but a real football player. You know, the ones that play with their hands. And he's terrified of insects, not just spiders. Come to find out after my conversation with him, he will go catatonic over a pill bug. All right? So. What 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 is with our men today? Woman, I need to hear from you. What do you think about men like that today that are just so is it a good thing that they that their emotions show that they're really afraid of spiders? You know? You know, uh, there's this radio show. There's this radio show comes on, follows this one. And if you were to listen to it last week, we were talking about masculinity and the answers to all your questions. But there's a podcast available. <laughs> yeah. I've, oh, yeah. It's called Trigger Talk. Got it. I'll watch yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I was I was away last week, and uh, and I do apologize for that. And um, every fall, I have I've got other other things that I have to do. I can't get out of on some of the Saturdays. So thank you, Ed, for covering for me on those Saturdays. I thought today was one of them for I some know. reason. <laughs> I'm sitting here trying to call call you, Ed, on, on Skype, and uh, he's not answering. I says, huh, I wonder if he tried to call me because my phone is in a totally different part of the world. So I go and get my phone, <laughs> and oh, 
I see. I missed a Two bunch calls. of calls from good old Mr. Mr. <laughs> I call him back. He says, are we on today? I go, yes. He says, okay, I'm turning around. I don't know where you're coming from, but I appreciate it. Yeah, it was an opportunity to go to a friend's uh, birthday party, and I took Sherry there, and I thought I would be staying for half an hour. And then, then you called, and I said, ah, see you later, guys. Bye. <laughs> it's a... Uh... It's a sad state of affair we live in. Uh, you know, for for those of us who have daughters, <laughs> you know, uh, what kind what kind of men can we expect that one day they will end up with? It's not looking good. Their selection out there isn't all that great, from what I'm seeing. No, it's not just because they're my daughters and my little princesses. You know, it's like I would. I would love for them to, well, they're, they're in their late thirties. It's okay if they're out on their own now, so, <laughs> you know, but man, trying to find the right man for them or, or them finding the right man for themselves. It, it, they always end up with sniveling little Freddy cats that, uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. Well, actually I, I don't want to use Freddy cats cause they might be afraid of cats too. I'm not sure. You know? <laughs> it's, yeah. Um, they're afraid of everything around the corner. And why is that? Why do we find that our youth, our men, our young men, and uh, our young women are afraid of everything? I think there's a reason for it. And I think it boils down that our education system is literally causing the fear in them. The world's going to end any day now. Because of global warming, spiders are more aggressive. So stay away from spiders because it's global warming's fault. Right. <laughs> Not right. <laughs> okay. Um, so they're, they're embedding fear. Oh, you won't be accepted out in the world today because, well, we're telling you you won't be. And because we're telling you you won't be accepted. You've got to start a whole movement around why uh, being an arachnophobe phobe <laughs> is wrong. You know, I'm afraid of people who are afraid of spiders. So I pick on them. No, I pick on them because you're a sniveling little weakling. Get over it. It's a spider. My uh, guest last week, he wrote about this and he's uh, actually very, very good author. He's got a couple of uh, posts out that he did recently on Substack, and one was on masculinity, and the one after that was actually on the latest Equalizer movie, and the whole concept of the Equalizer, and then following that, we actually got into Don Quixote, and, you know, Man from La Mancha, and chivalry, and, you know, it, it's all tied together, it's actually, I thought it was, and he said in his piece, he says, as for our crisis of masculinity, the assault on the nuclear family has also succeeded in diminishing the value of and respect for the traditional roles of men in the West. For the first time in history, there is no clear consensus of what it even means to be a man, what a man's familial and social responsibilities are, or how a man finds purpose. And without purpose, a man ceases to matter. When men cease to matter, civilization begins to disintegrate. <coughs> Agreed 100%. It did. <coughs> I was drinking drinking fluid and uh, <laughs> on the wrong pipe. Uh, yeah, and, and by the way, Don Quixote, Man of La Mancha, is my favorite, favorite story in the world. I absolutely love it. Here he is. He's, he's an old man, and he knows what it is to be a man. He knows what it is to have a cause to fight for. So were you playing a soundbite there, Ed, that I 
missed or no? No, I didn't. Actually, I put my speakers up, and I think we reverbed a little bit, and I didn't mean to do that because uh-huh. I was going to open a door while you were talking. But then you started talking again, so I stopped. But, yeah, the, the whole man from a matcha thing, there's, we were talking about there's two different ways of looking at it. One is the senile old man, and it's making fun of him, or one or the other, that he's actually the last, the last vestige of a better world, you know, where men actually – one of the things we were talking about was knight errants, or in the Japanese sense, uh, the ronin, the the roving warrior looking to settle a cause for, you know, rescue damsels in distress to do the right thing. And um, I, I tend towards that one. I do, too. And the the actual book leaves it open at the end where where his, his friend Sancho and Dulcinea um, which isn't a real name, her real name, well, she's a maiden, but uh, Dulcinea and Sancho at the end come up and bring him to a sense. If you've ever seen, had a chance to see the movie, see the movie. It's a nice little synopsis of the book. Uh, but uh, they come up and, you know, he, 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 for the last moments of his life, he gets to be that strong, brave knight, you know, um, and that should be what every every man I think should strive to be that strong, brave knight, the one that um, treats his woman or women in general properly as ladies. Mm-hmm. But you don't you don't uh, you don't see that today. I mean, I I I actually think that's a a beautiful picture of what a man should be. And you're right; the world saw him as the senile old man. Because the world would rather see a senile old man than see a man act the way he's supposed to act, manly, till his death. Have you seen the series on uh, Prime, a series called uh, uh, The Expanse? Have you seen that? No. It's really good because there are references to Don Quixote in there. The central character, James Holden, uh, at one point somebody's investigating him and goes to his family home. Uh, on Earth, because it's a space space opera, and finds a shelf shines on the shelf uh, the book uh, Man of La Mancha, or Don Quixote, and uh, realizes his mom says, "Yeah, he really he read that a lot as a youth. He was really inspired by that." What we know that she didn't know is that he had named his spaceship that they had captured the Rocinante, ah, which was Don Quixote's horse, and he really is the the. In his character goes about to do the right thing to settle rights and wrongs, and and not as a Don Quixote character, he gets kind of like finds himself in the midst of these situations where it's it's it turns history based on his reaction to what the situation is and whether he steps up or not. The very first thing he does is answer a distress call that everybody else wants him to ignore so that they can get home sooner, and that sets the whole series in motion. Yeah. Yeah. So I put out a call at the beginning of this show that I said that, you know, I want the woman to call in to let me know what they're looking for in a man. we got a caller on the line. So, caller, what are you looking for in a man? <laughs> exactly. Oh, no. Today, call me Dylan Mulvaney. <laughs> so I am identifying as a woman, and you are exactly right. We need more masculinity Joe, Joe, and less Joe, Joe, boys Joe, actually, that never grew actually... up and became men because they didn't know what a real man was, novening themselves, and all three Equalizer films are great. 
Okay, so I got to cut you off here just just because of your opening statement. You're actually a man who identifies as a man who identifies as a woman who's actually a man. <laughs> I, I, yeah, my head, my yeah. Head is you followed it perfectly. Okay, now what did you say? Because I talked over you the whole time you were saying that because I needed <laughs> to make my point. <laughs> yeah, it was like the Lego movie, right? Uh, I think I got it, but tell me all that again. I wasn't listening. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, that's pretty much our life with you, Joe. So go ahead and tell us again. <laughs> yeah, uh, again, yes. More manliness, less novening of boys that never grew up to be real men because real men are being poo-pooed by our society. But without real men, we wouldn't have the great... Uh, society of America that they're undermining and destroying that has lifted more people from poverty and given more people good things than in the history of this planet. All right. Hey, what do you think about this? Thanks a lot, Joe. Appreciate it. Ed, what do you think about the study that's come out? It's not a study. It's been shown. It's medically shown that, uh, we might be able to blame Wi-Fi on some of this because they're saying the more that people are around Wi-Fi, it actually has a tendency to lower testosterone in those who have testosterone. And uh, therefore, emasculating our men just through the fact that they're around Wi-Fi so much. I say this as I'm surrounded by three computer screens, an electronic <laughs> Wi-Fi soundboard, a Wi-Fi camera, and a bunch of other things. And uh, I'm just glad I have a low voice still. Um, <laughs> So, but, but the whole concept of that we surround our kids around Wi-Fi so much around these, these internet waves, um, that it, it actually lowers testosterone. Yeah, Ed. Well, it says, uh, uh, this is the National Institute of Health, and you know you can rely on the National Institute of Health for true statements, right? I got the, I got the jab because what they said. Not see, but this sounds oh. good. <laughs> Exposure to radio frequency electromagnetic radiation from various wireless devices has increased dramatically with the advances of technology. One of the most vulnerable organs to this is the testes. This is due to the fact that the testicular tissues, we can say this right, Derek. I'm going to say it now, those <laughs> tissues are more susceptible to oxidative stress due to a high rate of cell division and mitochondrial oxygen consumption. You got all that, right? So basically yeah. saying, yes, you're right. It affects the testes, which affects testosterone, which affects masculinity. Yeah, so, boys, if you wanna really, really impress your woman, get off the phone, stop crying over the phone to them that you saw a spider. I, I wonder how many of them will call out their girlfriend and say, there's a spider in here, come and kill it, come and kill it, come and kill it. I wonder how many are out there like that. Get off the don't. phone, get away from the Wi-Fi, and uh, become a man. And don't keep your phone in your pocket. <laughs> yeah, don't do that. <laughs> but, but, uh, I, I, yeah. be, be, between education and our our overwhelming connection to needing to have our phones with us at all times. Remember when you walked out of the house, if someone called you, you wouldn't know it until you got home. That happened yeah. to me today because I don't carry my phone with me everywhere I go. I hate my phone. It is a tether. Yes, it is. And um, so. 
it's a constraint of my employment. I was just having a talk with this about this with a guy today. I uh, texted him this morning about perhaps coming on my show because I ended up needing an emergency guest. And he didn't get back to me till about 11.30. So I, I'm not tied to my phone. I said, I must be nice. <laughs> so I work around computers all day. Now, this is interesting. I work around computers all day. I mean, the fact that I work is interesting. Um, but I work, around, <laughs> <laughs> I work around phones all day. And then all of a sudden, uh, my wife says something to me about these glasses that block blue light. And then I'm hearing this. And now an optometrist says, yeah, you need to wear that because um, all this time around the computer screens and on your phones and everything else puts out this blue light. It makes your eyes tired. It makes wears out your eyes. You don't sleep as well at night. Um, a whole bunch of problems. So there's a lot of health issues that come with all this technology that we are saying is making our life better is actually not is taking away masculinity from our nation. Number one, I mean, Russia does not need, or China does not need an atomic bomb to conquer this world. They just need to bring over a box of spiders. All right. That's it. I mean, the, the one football player is telling you about that, Cry. I mean, he cried and he's, he was sobbing. I'm not saying he was just nervous. This guy was sobbing and crying. He had more. He could he could have he could have helped fill the world in the flood during the days of Noah. He was crying so heavy. It was terrible. I felt bad for his parents. <laughs> OK, I, I feel bad for our youth in general. I, I'm. Happy to say that I don't have to worry about my boys. They're in their 40s, but I'm I'm concerned with kids in their 20s because they've come up through a system, an educational system that's foreign to me. It's not the school I was raised in where today, if we can take what we're seeing on, on the news, on the media you and I watch seriously, you know, like uh, libs of TikTok and the like, and the, the teachers with the blue hair and the nose rings and the pink and blue hair, they look like, uh, uh, I, you I know, need, cotton candy. I need to kick in here. Go ahead. My kindergarten teacher had blue hair. Different story. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. You know, and, and, uh, we don't have teachers like like my fifth grade teacher in Carlton was. Uh, we just don't have those kind of teachers that are really concerned about the kids uh, growing up well and and have, having conservative values that they instill. Instead, it's like you might be a girl, you know, and when you tell a boy he might be a girl or you expose him to all this stuff that challenges his masculinity or I mean, they don't want them to play with guns in school. You can't even have a, a pretzel rod, you know, that, oh, that one looks like the barrel of a gun. You can't have that. You can't have a paper cutout of a gun. Guns are bad and evil. No, guns are what defended this civilization. We used to run around as kids. Well, before I get into running around as kids playing cowboy and Indian and cops and robbers, uh, your teacher that, I, I just have to point this out. The man who's sitting there talking to you on how to be manly. Loves his fifth grade teacher. She, I, I know her. She's a wonderful woman. Um, she's also found her niche and her love was in teaching home ec. <laughs> this is the man that built you, Ed. <laughs> she didn't teach me home ec, okay? I wasn't in that class. It was elementary school. And it was just a shout out to her because she's a sweetheart. She is absolutely, uh, absolutely lovely woman. Um, now, but yeah, as kids, we used to run around playing cops and robbers. You know, and, and we'd run around with air guns that just make uh, you, you pop them up and they go pop, 
when you shoot them. And that's all they did. They Really? You didn't use BB guns? You guys were wusses, man. Come on. We use BB guns. I was, one, pump, but one pump only. Uh, and face I, I, shields. I, I would have, but someone informed us that you can put your eyes out with that, you know? Um, oh, that's just a movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and you can, you know, you you, you can. I, I've I've put out a few eyes of a few birds in my life with those things. Yeah, <laughs> right out. Um, yeah, we played with BB guns and stuff too. But you know, as kids, we played with guns. We 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 learned. Excuse me, we didn't shoot at each other with BB guns. But no. you know, paintball's a good idea. Paintball's a great idea. Um, but hey, folks, we will get back to this uh, silliness of travesty after these messages. Pastor Richard Dietering on Wham. Pastor Rick will be joining you momentarily. I'm Derek Stone with another moment on sports. The Detroit Tigers sandblasted the Cincinnati Reds 8-2 this past Thursday. Kerry Carpenter singled to plate Matt Veerling in the first inning. Akil Badu pummeled a two-run homer to send home Tyler Nevin three innings later. Spencer Torkelson singled to score Parker Meadows in the seventh inning, and Veerling decimated a grand slam four-bagger to plate Nevin, Badu, and Meadows in the following inning to round out the Tigers' scoring. Reese Olsen allowed one run and recorded seven strikeouts in six innings of work to tally his fourth victory of the season, Will Vest, Tyler Holton, and Jason Foley combined to pitch a pair of scoreless innings, and Jose Cisnero served up a solo moonshot to T.J. Friedel in the ninth inning. Now here's your Moment of Clarity host, Pastor Rick Dietering. That's right, that's right, I'm sad and blue, because I can do the boogaloo. I'm lost, I'm lost, can't do my thing, and that's why I sing the gimme, gimme, ding, ding. I think this afternoon I'm going to watch Arachnophobia. The first time I I got that movie on DVD, I took it to my mother's house. My mother is terrified of the spiders. And the scene when they start coming in from every angle of every part of the house and they just start consuming the walls, my mother went screaming like a little girl out of the room. Which is okay because she was four foot ten and she's female, so it's appropriate. But when you think about a six foot linebacker <laughs> running out of the room crying because he saw a spider, I think I'm going to watch that movie tonight. I, it, it's just I'm going to find now. There are some very uh, you've seen the movie. There's some very funny, funny parts of that movie. Yeah, I mean, uh, there's there's comedy just thrown through thrown throughout that whole movie. But uh, I remember scenes. I remember scenes, but I don't remember the whole story. So it's one of those ones where I probably watch it again and like it all over again. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I think I'm going to watch that. And then uh, so, so I can maybe put it out as a documentary to people with arachnophobia. Here, here's a great documentary. Watch it. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, um, Imagine if it had been in the theaters when they did those tricks, like having stuff spring out of the screen at you. Like yeah. in 3D or, yeah. Yeah. 
So, so uh, Michigan is playing Ohio State. Or no, Bowling Green tonight. I knew it was one of those Buckeye schools. Bowling Green. Um, and is it going to, Derek, is it going to be another Appalachian State fiasco? No, I, I don't think it will be. I think Michigan is too focused this year. They've got national title aspirations. Uh, they'll win quite comfortably. Uh, Wolverines fans have nothing to worry about. Okay. You heard it from Derek. So if we have another Appalachian State episode, blame Derek. He has overbuilt their confidence. And because of what Derek said, they're saying, we got this. And they're going to just lay back and fall over. Or maybe uh, Derek's right. <laughs> well, now I don't Now I don't know how to bet. You've confused the daylight time. I just won't bet at all. Yeah, they're only favored by 8 billion points. So it's, uh, well, what, what odds can I get? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You bet a dollar, and if they win, you lose 20. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, they grade on a curve. I, what do I say? <laughs> but um, so since I cannot find, you know, I, I put it out there. Now, this is the second time I've done a show that, like this where I've asked a woman to call in and tell me what they're looking for in a man. And, and, and the single woman out there or the women out there aren't calling in. And, and I'm starting to think they don't know what to look for in a man because they're, they're, they, they are not taught to have expectations of what to have in a mate. You know, there's a scene in a movie. I, I, I love this movie dearly. Yes, it's a chick flick, and I only watch it because I hang around computers all day. Got it? But <laughs> it's a chick flick, and I hang around testosterone, so I'm going to automatically like this movie. It's called My Big Fat Greek Wedding. All right. Oh, yeah. I want to see the sequel. It's uh, out. This is the third one? Third one, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, so do I. Uh, I've seen the second one. Why not see the third one? You know, it's always see how much more we can lose in this from the original. Uh, but there's a scene in there where the uh, protagonist is dating a man. Protagon the protagonist is a female in this movie, by the way. Um, and she's dating a man, and uh, the father doesn't know about it. And, he, and the father finally finds out. And uh, he goes through this rant. Does he come and ask me to date my daughter? No. Is he a good person? No. I don't know this. I don't know this. And so he says, so the young man finally asked the father, is it okay if I date your daughter? He goes, no. <laughs> you can't. Um, remember when a man would have to face the fear of asking the father to date his daughter? For that, that'd be the first thing that would take courage to go and ask a man, can I date your daughter? Can I, can I court your daughter? Can I have a relate? Can I start building some sort of familiarity between me and your daughter so that someday we could get married, man, that took courage to do that. My daughters would say, someone's just going to ask you if they can date me. I said, okay, they can ask me and they can I date your daughter? And I said, if you can outrun this 30 out six bullet. <laughs> you know, I was fair. I'd, I'd make him at least pass a test. <laughs> That's a good one. Yeah. <laughs> make him at least pass a test to see if they're worthy enough to date my daughter. Um, why, why? Boys don't do that anymore. Because they have no courage. They cry over spiders. Imagine what the dad would say if he's says, no, I can't let you date my daughter because she would have to kill spiders for you all day long. You wuss. You know? There's there's uh, two different senses of masculinity. and Well, actually, three. One is don't be masculine at all. And 
Another is the Christian gentleman, basically the chivalric person who holds the door open, walks to the outside towards the curb, knows everything you're supposed to do, opens the door for the lady to get in the car. You know, and, and I like that that one scene from, I forget, some gangster movie with this kid growing up in a gangster. Uh, I think De Niro might have been involved. And De Niro tells him, here's the trick. You'll know she's a keeper. He opens the door for her and she leans across and unlocks his door for him. You know, that was a real scene. And so, yeah, men do these, real men do these things. Now, there's the other view of masculinity, and that's, in a sense, the third world view. It's one that uh, you'll see in a lot of Islamic countries where the woman walks five feet behind. She's subservient. I watched a movie last night set during the Civil War. The woman's an arranged bride. She's a white woman. The husband owns a plantation, but she calls him master. And she has to ask for permission for that and for that. I mean, it's like ridiculous. This is not manhood. This is not, uh, well, Christ gave himself for the church, so a man ought to give himself for his wife. That's manhood. And it takes courage to do that. Yes. And I think have you is- seen Have you seen the Kendricks Brothers movie, Courageous? Yes. That so is an example. I recommend it to anyone. Uh, you, you, you actually stole their music from that movie for your show. I did. But can I play a clip from that from here? Absolutely. Hold on. Why he's looking for it, folks. I now believe that God desires for every father to courageously step up and do whatever it takes to be involved in the lives of his children. But more than just being there, providing for them, he's to walk with them through their young lives and be a visual representation of the character of God, their father in heaven. The father should love his children and seek to win their hearts. He should protect them, discipline them, and teach them about God. He should model how to walk with integrity and treat others with respect. He should call out his children to become responsible men and women who live their lives for what matters in eternity. Some men will hear this and mock it or ignore it. But I tell you that as a father, you are accountable to God for the position of influence he has given you. You can't fall asleep at the wheel only to wake up one day and realize that your job or your hobbies have no eternal value, but the souls of your children do. Some men will hear this and agree with it, but have no resolve to live it out. Instead, they will live for themselves and waste the opportunity to leave a godly legacy for the next generation. But there are some men who, regardless of the mistakes we've made in the past, regardless of what our fathers did not do for us, will give the strength of our arms and the rest of our days to loving God with all that we are and to teach our children to do the same. And whenever possible, to love and mentor others who have no father in their lives, but who desperately need help and direction. We are inviting any man whose heart is willing and courageous to join us in this resolution. In my home, the decision has already been made. You don't have to ask who will guide my family, because by God's grace, I will. 
You don't have to ask who will teach my son to follow Christ. Because I will. Who will accept the responsibility of providing and protecting my family? I will. Who will ask God to break the chain of destructive patterns in my family's history? I will. Who will pray for and bless my children to boldly pursue whatever God calls them to do? I am their father. I will. I accept this responsibility and it is my privilege to embrace it. I want the favor of God and his blessing on my home. Any good man does. So where are you men of courage? Where are you fathers who fear the Lord? It's time to rise up and answer the call that God has given to you. And to say, I will. I will. I will. Yep. Yeah. You know, the last time we talked about this, I made the statement that the reason that God in the Bible is referred to he um, and I'll tell you, uh, Dennis Prager hits on this in, in his um, book on Genesis. Mm-hmm. And God is called he is because, well, he sets for us what a, a, a strong masculine father figure should look like. And that should include discipline and, and provi- provision as well as other traits like loving and merciful and, and just. Um, but with a sense of justice and being able to act on that. I had the privilege to meet with a young couple who's getting married here shortly. And, um, I'm been asked to be part of their service and, and that in itself is a privilege, but we talked about things. Um, we talked about their, their view on children and, and do they see children in their view and the view of the mother and the view of the father. And my suggestion and I think these these two young people actually are on the right track. I, I I've been picking on our youth today, but I think this young couple's on track. Uh, I pray they are. Um, I, I'm I'm her father's friend. I was actually her father's best man in uh, his marriage, and he her father's a really fantastic father. He he is he's a good role model. And the advice I gave the young man was this. Be the type of father to your son to make him the type of man you are and and be the type of man you want your son to be. Be the type of man you want your son to be. And be the type of man that your daughter will use to judge all other men. We can mock where our youth are going and it's actually sad it really is it's sad where our youth are going i can blame it all on the wi-fi that would not be the only answer i can (laughs) blame it on education that would not be the only answer i can also put the answer to this when the pilgrims came over to this nation they they had a theory that everything starts at the home faith and education and justice and mercy and all of this all starts at home and all starts with the eyes towards god if you want to know why our children are the way they are and you're saying why are my kids like this why are my why are my why is my son like this why is my daughter like this and it's not a picture you like to see May I suggest you first look at the home. 
I look at some shortfalls of my own kids and I blame 100% myself. Was I there in that area in their life where they needed me? We need to look at the home first. Are we directing their eyes towards God? Are we teaching by example? Are we leading by example? And do we have a reason to blame ourselves for what they're going in? We can take the simple route out. We can blame the education system. We can blame Wi-Fi. Yes, this all contributes to some physical changes and some uh, psychological changes within the person. But if the school can affect them so much, if their education can affect them so much, it's only because you have not affected them at all. You want to override the the bad teachings they're learning in public school, be the parent they need you to be. Be the grandparent you need the, that they need you to be. Your, your children's kids. Learn from your mistake and help out. Because parents love it when the, when, when the grandparents get involved. Most of the time. <laughs> <laughs> so... So we can look for reasons why this is happening, but it starts in the home. Then when we get older, it starts looking at expectations. What does a man expect from his woman? I can tell you in today's world, with the inundation of pornography, with the inundation of, of uh, descaling the actual meaning of sex and what it means to the to mankind and what it's there for and what's the purpose of it uh with, with t- totally demeaning that man's expectation for a woman is nothing more than that of the woman being a, a semen receptacle and how can a man actually love and respect someone like that or a woman Men have been so emasculated, the only thing that they're good for, apparently, is to chase down women for sex because they serve no other purpose. Where is, young men out there, I'm talking to you, how is it that you actually look at women? Do you look at them the way that Christ looked at the church? Or do you look at them with some other intent? I, uh, I weep for our children today. But then I have to look at where did it come from? Where is this problem starting at? We're finding it in a lot of the common countries of this world, a lot of the more educated countries of this world. We're finding it in England and Australia, United States and Canada. All these educated first world countries, so to speak. And we've lost any idea of what a man and what a woman should look like what our expectations are of each other. Now on two different shows, I asked women to call in and say, what are your expectations for men? Not a single call. And to be honest with you, I didn't expect any or even many on this question because I don't think women have a concept today of what they can rightfully expect of their future mates. What should I look for? Do I have the right to look for that? The answer is yes. You have the right to look for masculine traits, Christian masculine traits, as, as my brother Ed pointed out. You have that right to look for those. You have the right to be looked at more than just an object of desire. That should not, that object of being an object of desire should not define who you are as a woman. Being worthy. 
you have that right. You have the right to say, I am worthy of much better. And to the young men, learn what it is to be a man. Take a look at what God has to offer. I wanted to say something else, and I want to touch on something else. Any comments on that, Ed, before I move to my brief but next subject? No, it's just that I think what women want is probably what they've always wanted, somebody who's going to stand up and protect them. They've been told they want something else, but I think deep down and viscerally, they want somebody who's going to support them, somebody who's going to stand up for them, somebody who's going to love them, and that's the real thing women want. They want to be loved, and that's that's a whole concept there. A man, love is self-denying. Love is an emotion. If you want to know what love is, may I suggest you go to 1 Corinthians. There's a whole chapter on it. Please find out that love is actually a skill set. It's not an emotion. Exactly. And women want that. They want that skill set within the man. Absolutely. And like I said, in today's society, as, as you kind of hinted to before, and as I said in my um, short monologue, um, women don't know if they have the right to want that anymore. I don't know if they have any right to want, expect, have any of those expectations anymore. That's such an old-fashioned concept of a man respecting his woman. I want to talk about something else, and this may be something we talk in more depth in other weeks to come. Um, there is a movie that was out, and you're going to refresh my name of the uh, title of it. I'm going to, I think it's called Seeking Freedom. Sound of Freedom. Sound of Freedom. Sound of Freedom. I have not seen it yet. I'm going to. Um, and there's, there's some Christians that are against it because the fact is, is it was funded by the Mormon church to produce it, but, uh, it's not about the Mormon church. It's about a life event, a true event. I didn't see, I didn't see one Mormon tenant in it. No, there isn't. Uh, I've talked to too, too many people who've seen it and I can say this based on testimony of others that there isn't. Uh, but what it is, is it, is it's a true story about our our children being sold into slavery into the sex trade children and what i have found out and what i am terrified about is why Hollywood is so against this movie. Now, I'm not talking about the Hollywood saying, hey, you're changing our marketing scheme on how we sell movies and everything else, and you're, you're really, you know, you're really hurting us in the pocketbook. There, you've got a little bit of that going on. But I'm talking about people like Oprah Winfrey and all these other people that are dead set against this movie. What are they afraid of getting out? Are they part of the problem? You've got to start asking your question. When they're so against it, you have to ask, are they part of the problem? We have, we have so minimalized the value, and it feeds right into what we're talking about this whole show, is so minimalized is the value of a human being that among the rich, among the Epsteins of the world, child sex trade is uh, normal. There, there's whole organizations out there that promote pedophilia. Did I say that right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. The tagline about the love of feet. I wanted to go the other one. The love of children. children. <laughs> so, the tagline of the movie is God's children aren't for sale. Right. Um. We we don't look at people as people anymore. As humans, the expectation between men and women are off. Our expectations of what we can expect from our children or the value of our children. We started devaluing our children by killing them in the womb. 
and saying it's all right. Professors at universities are saying they're not even people until they're not even a person until they're 18 months, two and a half years old. Some will even go later than that. Not even a person. All right. Well, if they're not a person, they're just a clump of cells walking around. I guess it's okay to sell them in the sex trade. I find a problem with that. Ask yourself why Hollywood's against that movie. Folks, it's been a great afternoon. It's been a blessing. We'll see you next week on A Moment of Clarity. You've been listening to A Moment of Clarity on Wham Talk 1600 with your host, Pastor Richard Dietering. Be sure to tune in again next week right here on Wham Radio, 